KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. This is KYW News Radio In Depth. I'm Matt Leon. The idea of a large object like an asteroid hitting the Earth has been a go to plot for Hollywood for a long time. Think Armageddon, Deep Impact, and the current Netflix hit, Don't Look Up. Well, we started thinking like, how much should we actually be concerned about this happening? How big would something have to be to do catastrophic damage to the planet? Is there actually anything we could do to prevent this if we found out something was coming right at us? For answers to these questions, we caught up with Dr. Eric Jensen, professor of astronomy at Swarthmore College. Fascinating discussion. Give a listen. So the concept of something big hitting the Earth, be it comet, meteor, whatever... I, I go back and forth to, uh, it's not something I should think about, to, uh, you know what, I mean, it's, it, it is a legitimate possibility. Where should we be on thinking slash worrying about this? Right. That's a great question, you know, and it's it's a question that comes up in so many parts of our lives, right? How much should you worry about the the dramatic but rare things that could happen? I guess the bottom line is I wouldn't spend a huge amount of time worrying about it, but at the same time as a society, it's worth it for us to think a little bit about it. And, you know, one analogy, which isn't perfect, but is to think about earthquakes, right? If you live in California or you live somewhere else, you know, near to a fault, there could be something big and dramatic that happens. And so you want to pay attention to, to building codes that could make you safer. Um, but at the same time, there's, you can't wake up every day and think, oh, my gosh, there could be a giant earthquake today. And so, you know, it's a risk that that's out there and it's something that we need to, to think about and pay attention to. But at the same time, the chance of something, you know, really big hitting the earth is quite small. So we know. And, and one thing, you know, so I mentioned like building codes, you know, so what what could we do if there were something I mean the first thing to do would be to try to know about it in advance and so so since about the the mid to late 90s NASA has been investing in surveys that try to map out the the known asteroids um what are called um NEOs or near earth objects so these are these are asteroids so most of the asteroids are in stable orbits that stay out beyond Mars, between Mars and Jupiter, so quite a ways from the Earth. But there's there's a number of things that get, you know, jostled by Mars or Jupiter and that are on more more elliptical orbits that sometimes bring them closer to Earth. And so by mapping the sky, we can try to identify where those things are and sort of be aware of where they are and and the, the current estimate from NASA is that of the objects that could come close to Earth that are bigger than about 140 meters in size, so like one and a half football fields in diameter, um, which is sort of a threshold for something that would have, have big consequences if it hit the Earth, that we maybe know of about 40% of those, those things. That's obviously an estimate because, you know, we don't know what we don't know, but we can make some statistical uh, estimates of it. So we're trying to map out what objects are out there so that um, 
we and and I should be clear, none of those are on a collision course with Earth anytime soon. Um, but the idea is to try to identify things sooner rather than later, um, and just to be aware of of you know what kind of risk we are dealing with. For this discussion and most of the discussions about significant impacts, you know, you talk about 140 meters, you know, bigger things. But that being said, smaller things are hitting the earth, at least hitting into the atmosphere all the time, no? Absolutely. That's right. So every day, so the estimate from NASA, and this number sort of blew me away when I when I saw it, but the estimate is that a hundred tons of material hits the Earth's atmosphere every day. Now, now almost all of that are very small particles that burn up in the Earth's atmosphere. Very, very little of that makes it to the ground. And the stuff that does make it to the ground is pretty small. Um, but there's, yeah, so the solar system is in one way really empty, but in another way, there's lots of small debris that's out there. And so if you've ever seen a meteor shower, for example, like in August, there's a the Perseid meteor shower that a lot of people know about. And so if you go, if you see those streaks of light that go across the sky, those are material, those are objects that are hitting Earth's atmosphere. Um, sort of amazingly, those bright streaks of, of light you see in the sky are from things that are only about the size of a grain of sand, um, but they're getting heated up to thousands of degrees. So they glow brightly as they burn up in the, the atmosphere. So, so that kind of stuff is happening all the time at low levels. There's times during the year that we call meteor showers where we go through areas of Earth's orbit where there's a little bit more debris. So we see a bit more of that. So yeah, so there's a whole spectrum of sizes, mostly small stuff that that burns up, but the occasional larger object um, that does make it all the way to the ground um, and potentially could have um, some serious consequences if it was big enough. And one, I want to go back to you mentioned kind of the threshold of, uh, I think you said 140 meters. That if something of that size, is that what, you know, would that be a planet killer or would that just be enough to like destroy a country or destroy a seaboard, you know, like uh, do catastrophic damage, but not end the human race. Yeah. So something, right. So that's definitely the, the low end of that threshold is definitely not planet wide impacts. Um, so just to, to give a sense of a couple um, historical things that we know about, um, you know, we do have records of a few, um, noticeable impacts that have happened recently. So we have some sense of what an object of a certain size could do. Um, so for example, in Siberia, a remote part of Siberia called Tunguska, there was an impact in 1908 and um, forests just flattened for, you know, I don't know, 50 miles around and not very many people lived there at the time, but that was probably something that was like 50 to 80 meters in diameter. And so 140 meters would be on the scale where, um, you know, it would have impacts for, for hundreds of miles around, but not like the whole planet, uh, you know, and obviously it depends a lot on where it hits, right? If it hits a populated area, that's a whole different story than if it falls in the middle of the ocean. Um, most of the earth is ocean. So that's a, a, a plus side, but you don't, you don't have any control over, over where things are going to hit. Yeah. So that's, that's where it's big enough to where there would be serious damage. Now, obviously it just goes up from there. Um, you know, we think 
And the other sort of reference point that people have when they they think of um, you know big impacts is you know extinction of the dinosaurs. So it's now well established that 65 million years ago a big object hit the Earth and that that had global consequences. That thing was probably our best estimates are um, 10 to 15 kilometers, so six to 10 miles in diameter. So that's a chunk of rock, maybe about the size of Mount Everest that hit the earth and that was big enough to to have planet-wide impacts so you know sort of hundreds of meters it's more regional you get up to thousand meters or more then it starts to be more global fortunately the bigger you go in the size scale the rarer those objects are and also the easier they are to see in the sky as we try to to sort of survey the sky so hopefully the sooner you have some kind of idea in advance that something like that might be headed our way. Yeah. And that was kind of my point. And I hate to, I know Hollywood is fiction and, you know, but the recent movie don't look up and then you go back years, you had Armageddon, you had deep impact. We've seen these, this genre of something's going to hit the earth. And in all these movies, they find out about it six months, nine months, a year ahead of time. Is that pretty realistic? If we were to come across something, there's a good chance we would have that much runway to to deal with. Or is it just as likely that we would pick something up five days out and, you know, that that would be it? Yeah, for a really big object, you're probably more likely to have have more warning time. Like you said, six months, a year, something like that. Um, you can it's possible to get unlucky. For things like that and and have a set of circumstances that makes it harder to see. So so there was an there was an impact in 2013 in a city called Chelyabinsk in Russia. That thing was maybe 20 meters in diameter. So the shock wave from that, you know, broke windows in the, the city that was nearby. And now that's 20 meters is small to see anyway, but the other thing that happened there is that um it, it just happened that the direction that it was approaching, where it approached Earth, was pretty much right in the same direction as the sun. So if you think about, like, where can you point a, a telescope, you know, the part of the sky where the sun is up is not something where you can see a faint asteroid at night. So there's some that are a little easier to see than others. But, but for big objects, it's not unrealistic to imagine sort of months to years timeline of being able to to see it in some cases you could even you know possible to map out an orbit and to say okay for the next two orbits we're not going to be in trouble but you know three four years from now then it's going to be a much closer approach sticking with kind of using the movies as a guide in all of these movies there are various plans put in place to fly shuttle missions, try to land on the asteroid or fire nukes at it to either destroy it or get it off course. Given where we are with regards to space travel and technology, is there much we could realistically expect to do if uh, we were to discover something? Let's say we have eight months. We find out eight months, something the size of Mount Everest uh, likely could hit the earth. Uh where would we be in response with regard to a response? We'd be worried for sure. <laughs> for sure. I mean, one thing going, going back, but not hopeless. I mean, so one going back to the movies, one thing for sure that physics tells us that you don't want to do 
if an asteroid is coming straight towards you is throw a bomb at it and blow it up. Because all that does is instead of one thing coming straight at you, you've now got like a hundred things that are coming straight at you because it's got all that momentum. You know, it's like if the wheel falls off your car while you're driving a hundred miles an hour down the highway, that wheel is still moving forwards at a hundred miles an hour, just because it's not attached to your car anymore. It doesn't matter. So the same thing would be true of an asteroid. If you blow it up, then you've got all sorts of stuff still coming right towards the earth. And so, so all the ideas about what you could do would be to try to sort of nudge it a little bit in one direction or the other so that it misses, you know, you just need to get it to just miss um, and, and rather than, than hit the earth. And so those are the ideas that people talk about. And, and, and the sooner you could do that, then the less you have to nudge it, you know, if it's, in the last day before it hits Earth, there's no way you're going to be able to move it enough to not hit the Earth. If it's a year beforehand, you probably don't have to move it too much to get it uh, to go off to the side at an angle. Um, and so interestingly, NASA is actually actively, I mean, maybe not interestingly, but it was interesting to me that that right now there's actually a, a current space mission it was just launched in November to test this idea out. So this mission is called DART, which stands for Double Asteroid Redirection Test. And so a spacecraft launched in November. It's heading out to a known asteroid, and it is going to actually smash that spacecraft into the side of a small asteroid. And then we'll be able to measure how much it deflected that asteroid's path. Um, now, to be clear, this is not an asteroid that's heading anywhere near Earth. It's close enough that we can observe it, and it's small enough that it's not wouldn't be a big danger to us anyway. So, you want the thing you want to be really sure of is that in testing things out, you know, make things worse, right? So, there's no danger from this, you know, going awry and sending it careening towards the Earth. But the this is actually so the double asteroid, the DA in that dark name stands for the fact that this is actually two asteroids that are orbiting around each other. And that'll help with the measurements because if they nudge the little one a little bit, then that'll change a little bit how long it takes to go around the bigger one. So, And that's something that's a little easier to measure than the precise position it has in the sky. So they'll be able to measure pretty precisely how much they change the orbit of that asteroid. So, so that's just sort of an early proof of concept. The spacecraft isn't big enough, I think, that it could substantially move you know a big asteroid that was um that was headed towards the earth but but it is technology that is um that is in development that's starting to be tested by nasa and we'll have to see i mean there would be if in your scenario we found out tomorrow about something that was six months out we would have to ramp up faster than we might like with technology that has not been tested as well as we might like to try to deal with it, but it's not crazy to imagine that we could at least try to, to do something about it. And at some level, I mean, I say, I say technology hasn't been tested. We haven't done the test of moving the asteroid. On the other hand, it's not like super complicated physics like was in, you know, for any of the listeners who've seen Don't Look Up, well, I won't give any spoilers, but they try something complicated um, in there. This is just, you know, known physics of applying a force to move something 
in a slightly different direction and calculation of those forces and orbits is physics that's hundred years hundreds of years old and, and well tested. It's just the implementation that, you know, you always want to practice something before it's before it's serious. So Asteroid, comet, meteor, is there one that is more likely to eventually cause a problem than another? Yeah, right. So terminology, so so asteroid is probably the answer. Um, but meteor is related. So the so the terminology is in the in the solar system, we have sort of two regions where there's a lot of what I would call debris, stuff that's small, too small to be a planet. Um, one of those regions is between Mars and Jupiter, so about twice as far from the sun as Earth is, and that's what's called the asteroid belt. Those things are are basically rocks. So there's a bunch of, of rocky bodies that never formed into planets that are out there. And then if you go all the way out to where Pluto is, so now about 40 times farther away, there's a lot of, of bodies out there, but those are much more... Um, much more icy. So they're what people sometimes call dirty snowballs. So there's a little bit of rock in there, but there's a lot of ice. Those things are, are mostly staying out in those, those orbits out by Pluto, but some of them get nudged by other bodies and come into the inner solar system. And when they do, then we see the, the, the energy from the sun starts to evaporate some of the material off. And that's where you get the long tail that you associate with a comet. That's that's ice and gas that's being vaporized that that's streaming out. So in so in a sense, either one of those could come towards the Earth. Um, doesn't really matter when something hits us if it's made of ice or if it's made of rock. It's really the total mass that would matter. But there's a, there's more asteroids and there and there's more and they're closer on average. So probably more likely to be something from the asteroid belt than from something that what's called the Kuiper belt out where the 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 comets come from. So there's asteroids, there's comets. Um, the word meteor is what we use for any of those bodies that come from outer space once they enter Earth's atmosphere. So if if something is coming into Earth's atmosphere, whether it originated as an asteroid or originated as a as a comet, then we call it a meteor once it gets gets close to the Earth. Is there any concern and but we've talked about stuff that's kind of natural hitting the earth is there any concern about space junk stuff from previous missions satellite stuff like that is there anything big enough out there that if uh, it or its orbit decays or it gets nudged by something uh not a planet killer but could do a lot of a lot of damage yeah nothing that would nothing big enough that it would be certainly not global or really even regional damage there just aren't aren't things that are that big out there probably more of a risk. So some of that stuff does have orbits that decay and then, then fall to earth. Um, there's also the risk of just stuff in space colliding with each other as we launch more and more satellites and depend more and more on satellites, the risk of, you know, a communication satellite that you really depend on colliding with some piece of junk up in the sky. That's probably something more likely to have an impact on more people's lives um, than, than something falling to the earth. That's it for this episode of KYW News Radio in depth. You can listen to the podcast free anytime on the Odyssey app, and you can find it wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Matt Leon, and we'll have another episode out soon. 